I would now like to call on my neighbor, uh, Esti Rosenberg. Uh, Esti is a uh, leader, uh, even a pioneer in women's Torah education in Israel uh, for the past few decades uh, as Rosh Beit Midrash of the uh, Midrash at Lindenbaum Advanced Program and since 1997 as the uh, founder and, uh, <clears throat> and head of the Beit Midrash Migdal Oz for women. Um, Esti, as, uh, as an Israeli educator, um, perhaps you could uh, reflect on the differences. An Israeli educator who runs an institution that teaches Americans as well, perhaps you could reflect a bit on the difference between the challenges of modern Orthodox education in contemporary Israel uh, versus America and in the different ways that we, uh, that we should tr- strive to meet those challenges. Shalom lekulam. I'll speak in English, don't worry. I should worry about that. Um, Professor Joel said that it's enough with Amer- is Americans that have a lot to say about Israeli education. So I have the great pleasure being an Israeli, and I can say now whatever I want about American education. I don't even have to travel to America in order to do that. So that is a big pleasure for me to say something for good or for bad about education that I'm not only responsible for. Uh, it's true that I meet a lot. We have in our Bet Midrash uh, 100 Israeli, 120 Israeli students and 40 American students, which are completely integrated within the Israeli program. And uh, a big challenge, What maybe I want to describe a bit what happens when the American modern orthodox uh, education system meets a combined together with the Israeli uh, American, Israeli modern orthodox education system. Maybe I'll start with two um, sentences that I quote one of students and the second one I'll be uh, I'll quote myself. I'll start maybe that in our Bet Midrash, uh, the Rashut Rabim is, is Israeli, but there is a, once a year, there's a night that's called Erev America, and where American students work a lot about trying to explain their world to the Israelis. What is the educational system about? What happens in America? In what ways is America mindset, religiously, spiritually, intellectually different than the Israeli one? And the discussion, it used to be only, you know, like a fun night describing camp and college. But in the past years, a few years, we decided also to ask questions which are deeper questions about what are the differences between the Israeli educational system and the American one. And the conversation usually ends by this... Uh, a lot of girls that say, I really want to make a liyah, but I'm going to make such an education, a big sacrifice. My kids won't have the great opportunity to be educated in the American high school system, and what big, what a big loss that is. And I feel that American students experience leaving the American, not giving over to their kids, the experience that they had in the American high school system, it's a big sacrifice. They think that they're giving up something. And 
my father in the interview that um, Eliashiv Reichner had with him when he turned 80, two years ago he was asked the same question. I'll leave his answer to the end. But um, the Americans do feel, also Olim that I talked to, when will we have the opportunity of building a high school as good as the high schools in America? That's one thing I want to open with. The second is that when I go to America to recruit, recruit and I want to explain to parents and students what's going to happen when their daughter is going to walk in, what does it mean to be an American student in a mostly Israeli Beit Midrash? I'll quote as I say it. I say it like 20 times in seven days, so I know it by heart. And it goes like this. I'm going to say something which is very generalizing, but I'm willing to stand behind behind what I'm saying. And I say like this, the American high school system is much more intellectually uh, oriented than the Israelis one. Okay, Israelis are more, I would say, spiritual, emotional, I even say mushy, if you want to phrase it like that. And Americans are much more intellectually focused, which means that before Rosh Hashanah, Americans want to sit in rows, to take notes, and to be taught in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Israelis, I've said it's a generalizing, I'm generalizing, but as a mindset of the educational systems, Israelis are much more used to sit in circles and discuss their feelings. How do I prepare towards Rosh Hashanah? What kind, what good advice can we give each, each other relating the questions of davening? What does it mean to palel for so many hours? What things can I emphasize on? Which part in the tefillah do I like the most? And in the first day of, I tell this story to the girls, in the first day of, of Migdal Oz a couple of years ago, was Rosh Chodesh Elul, the girls were asked, the first session of the year, together they, they were sitting together with their Ram and their Ramit in a circle, they were not taking notes, there was no chart on the bulletin board, and they were asked to, to choose from the David Hashem or Rivishi, the Pasuk that reflects the most their feelings walking into the world of Torah. I think it's a beautiful question. It was Rosh Chodesh Elul, David Hashem Ori Vishi, Achat Shalti Met Hashem Otav Akesh, Elul, a new world of Torah, walking into a base midrash. They were supposed to choose this pasuk and talk about it. Some of the Israelis, but all of the Americans, found this question strange, weird, too personal. This is not why I came to Lord Torah. What is this all about? And whoever's looking carefully, there are a lot of students there that are nodding in their head because they know exactly what I'm talking about. So when the Americans walk into Migdal Oz, they think that some of the things that we do there are a waste of time. Why are we not always, or maybe I'll quote a student who said to me, when I was in America, everything about my learning we learned Gemara, everything was in charts. Everything was written on the bulletin board in a chart. Someone told me that you can also learn Torah in a dialogue, and not only in charts. And I think that America is very, very intellectual focused. Because the end of college, end of high school, Pisgat Koloshi Fot is college. 
And maybe even though we are in a YU event, an Ivy College. And in Israel, Pisgat, call a shifot when you finish college, is as a shirutani as a, as a woman at least for the beginning, is a shirutani as a college is so far away. You get to college when you be 23, 24, if you're a boy, 22, 23, if you're a girl who went to Shnatayim Shirut, in one year of, of learning Torah at least. College is not the aim of the goal of high school. There's no connection between college and high school. But I think it's more than that. Over 50 years ago, the Rav wrote Alavata Torah Vigulat Nefesh Ador. And when he writes Alavata Torah Vigulat Nefesh Ador, which was published in Ador, this is 50 years ago. He, and I, I, I must say that I think what I think before, first, I feel very strongly that America is too much intellectually focused. And I think we pay a high price. I think Israel is also too much spiritual focus. And we pay a high price for that too. But after thinking about this a lot, when I woke up this morning, I said to myself, oh, but the Rav wrote this 50 years ago. 50 years ago, he writes about Hanara Amerikai. He even, in a very moving piece, blames himself. And he writes about the, what he calls Gadlut HaMuchin v'Katnut HaMuchin. Gadlut HaMuchin that he describes is the intellectual aspect of learning Torah. The chart, the capture, the intellectual, the brisk derech, learning, being focused on learning Torah, being, putting Torah in the center of our religious life, putting learning Torah, understanding Torah. I think things that, those are the things that the American student thinks that she's going to give up when she makes aliyah, really the intellectual aspect of learning Torah. And I think whoever knows, the love knows how important for him the intellectual aspect of learning Torah, the center of Torah. And Dr. Lamb wrote a whole book about Torah Lishma and Reb Chaim's view of what learning, how important learning Torah is. But then the love continues and discusses not only Gadlut HaMuchin, but Katnut HaMuchin. Katnut HaMuchin, what he describes here, the, the small boy that runs to the arms of Hashem as his father. He discusses the religious um, experience. He discusses the heart. He discusses how the mind goes. Yordim, he writes about also Bisha Alacha. Yordim Beherig Beerga. I think the religious... I discussed this with my mother last night and she said, you know, I think American jury took Isha Alakha. I think it's not Isha Alakha. I think, I think they are Talmud Torah Shil Isha Alakha from the love much more than they took Isha Imuna. And I think that's something that is a very, very big difference between America and Israel. The ability of an American student not only to learn Torah, to know Torah very intellectually, but also to ask herself, how does this make an impact on her religious life, on emotion? Is this connected to her? Is this something that will make a big impact on how she will behave religiously when she goes and continue on to college? How much America is completely, when you go into an American high school, it's all about tracks. Everything is tracked. Gemara is tracked and Tanakh is tracked. I'm in this track, I'm in that track, I'm in this track, I'm in that track. Now Israel is not tracked. Because Israel makes, and, and I, we also pay a price for that, for sure. Israel is more about how do, how, how do I, what, 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 how do I meet what I learned? How does this influence the learning? 
kli to get to the villages of motion. And I think in America, alimudu matara bifneatzma, and the question that I want to ask is then do we continue on, does America continue on to the next stage, where is to stop from your learning and ask yourself how does this influence not only the intellectual part of the religious experience, but also the emotional, davening, who I am, what I do, how does this influence uh, my life? And once years ago, I was interviewing a student um, uh, in uh, one of the high schools in New York, and she was learning Gemara, and of course, in the highest level track, and I asked her, what Masechet do you learn? And she said, Chulin. And I asked her, do you ever, did any, did you ever discuss in the class with any, that would never Never over in an Israeli high school. Chulin. Twelfth grade for girls and also for boys. You would ask yourself, what is Chulin connected to my religious life today? How will Chulin make me more prepared for the balance of being modern orthodoxy, which I think is a very big challenge, but I think that's in our second part of our discussion. So she said to me, no. I said, there was no discussion in the class about Chulin in your religious life? Why Chulin? No one asked why Chulin and not something else? No, never daunted me. We're learning Chulin. That's what we're learning. That's what we're learning. And then I, th- I thought ab- a lot about that because that, I said that I would never go in Israel. And in that specific case, in that specific high school, I'm not, I don't want to generalize, but when I got home, I understood that really this girl is challenged in Chulin as she challenged herself in other stuff, I don't, I don't think she thinks or expects that there should be a connection between Chulin and her davening. And therefore she doesn't mind to learn Chulin because she's very challenged in math and she's challenged in science and she's challenged in Gemara too, so she learns Chulin, doesn't make a difference. I think that that's a question. I don't know, I don't know if in comparison to Israeli education, but that's a question that we have to ask ourselves, when we teach Chulin, or, we, or when we focus so much on the intellectual growth of learning Torah, do our students get more tools, not only about intellectual growth, but also about religious growth? And the Rav Dio answers, and he says, also a couple of places in Ala uh, Tshuva, he says, I'm a wonderful melamed, I can explain, kol ilchot avodat yom kipurim can I give to my students the same experience that Reb Chaim felt when he said Seder Avodah? I can't. And when he discusses it Belavata Torah Nefesh Ador, he says, why do I feel that my Talmidim got for me Gadluta Muchin, but did not get for me Katnuta Muchin? And his answer, he says, I can't blame anyone else, can only blame myself. I feel that I wasn't, Mama, she ends this very emotional, I think maybe the most intimate uh, lines that the Rav writes about himself. He ends and he says, Chatati kemarbit Torah shebalev. Ve'yesh Torah shebalev. Now Israel is much too much involved in Torah shebalev. Much too much about spiritual questions and how this connects to me. And if it doesn't connect to me, I don't do it. And Israel is also too spiritual. I think Israel asks themselves, and in every religious life, I think the Rav emphasizes a lot, the balance between Katnuta Mochin Vegadluta Mochin, Vetorah Shebarosh, Vetorah Shebalev, and being connected and being a part and being committed and being committed also when you're not, but you don't identify, you don't feel. I think that's one of our biggest religious challenges, the balance between uh, commitment and 
inspiration or commitment and, and our feelings. What Rav Amital in a famous essay calls a par ben mechuyavut v'itchabrut. And I think those questions are one of the biggest challenges in modern orthodoxy, both in Israel and both in America. And I think that each one of our societies choose to go to extreme. The Israeli extreme is that really Israeli high schools are literally not intellectual focused. Israelis, uh, Israeli teenagers have to work very hard to be intellectual. It's not part of their um, high school uh, passion. It's not what they are taught. And the, really the message is that it doesn't make such a big difference. And Israelis are really not intellectual enough. But I think that Americans are too intellectual in their religious education. And I think that we have to find a way to balance both things. Uh, I would say that the Nisayon, to do that in Migdal Oz, to take 40 American students and integrate them completely in Israeli mindset is really sometimes challenging because uh, the Americans really have higher demands and standards of what learning Torah is about, and that is wonderful. That's the biggest present that they give the Bet Midrash, but we fight them back. They are witnesses here. We fight them back. I sometimes say that my main job in the Bet Midrash is to bother people from learning Torah, which means to stop them and say, okay, you learned so much, but... How does that impact your religious life? How is learning Torah going to make you more prepared to be continue on to be committed, serious, when you continue on to college? And surprise, not all of our students c- continue on to Stern College and to YU, and some of them go to very difficult places, and they challenge themselves way behind what they can do, but that I'll discuss in the second part. And I think that the question is, are they prepared for those challenges? And how do they translate the intellectual Torah, which I really believe in Mitzvah Talmud Torah, but how does Mitzvah Torah then be challenged to Mitzvah Tefillah, Avat Hashem, Yirat Hashem, Vemechuyavut Ilchatit? And our end, so our end in that, that when my father was asked by El Yashiv Reichner, so don't you, aren't you sorry sometimes that you made Aliyah and your kids lost all that great, um, he was only not even talking about intellectual learning Torah, because that my father continued here in Israel, but he was talking about just Western culture. And without putting an eyelash, not, not even surprisingly, he said, absolutely not. It's true that I don't have anyone to lorish to it, my English literature library, which is not true because my brother Moshe can cope with that English literature library, but I can't. I can't. And he said, I never regretted my aliyah because no one's not continue on le- reading those Western philosophy books that I have. When I look about uh, the Israeli youth and their uh, he was discussing Bikar Chesed, but I think it's not only Chesed. I'm very happy. Now, I do believe that our students are right. They're going to lose something making Aliyah and giving up the intellectual growth and sakranut that America can give you. And I think that we have to try to learn how to balance between intellectual growth and spiritual growth and let our students enjoy both parts of them. <laughs>